Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Thomas Lane. We're talking the Christmas story today. We're talking about Joseph. Now, Joseph was Jesus's like kind of earthly father, so to speak, married to, to Mary. Joseph kind of gets a bad rap. We know a lot about Joseph in Jesus's early life. And then when we fast forward and Jesus is an adult, Joseph is just gone. We don't know if he skipped town. We don't know if he's dead, but nobody told us. <laughs> he just disappears. But at the beginning of Jesus's life, he's a very, very important figure. And that's what we're talking about today. I'm going to start in Matthew 2. We're going to check out 13 through 18. You can follow along with the Bible or look right behind me or check out the app version, the Bible app. All the notes are preloaded on there if you click Ascent Church. If you know the Christmas story, you know this. If not, check it out. It's good. It's good, good stuff. But what happened was this. Essentially, these three wise men, these three magi came to visit Jesus. And they brought gold, they brought frankincense, they brought myrrh. That's a pretty good Christmas bonus for Joseph. Hanging out, your kid hasn't really done anything. And these dudes from a different country show up with a bunch of very wealthy gifts. That's not a bad day. So he's having a good day. This is pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. And we don't know how old Jesus is. He could be an infant. He could be a toddler. He's probably not a few days old. This is probably later on, but this is what happens. They just drop off gifts. Not bad, not bad, not bad at all. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Somebody say, get up. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Excuse me? Stay there until I tell you. Say, until I tell you, stay here for a season, not for a day, settle in. It's going to be a while. For Herod, that's the king, he's going to search for the child to kill him. Say, oh Lord, that's a quick turnaround. Gifts, goodies, good times in the middle of the night. He's woken up. I want to ask you, has God put you in a season this year? And he said, stay here until I tell you. Stay here in this season until I tell you. Now, maybe that's not a season you want to be in. I don't think they wanted to go to Egypt. It wasn't home. They weren't comfortable there. That wasn't home. They didn't speak the language, different religion, different people. They probably wanted to stay right where they were. And you may be the exact same way. God may be busted into your life. Maybe in the middle of the night, he came, he showed up and said, hey, I'm going to put you in a season. Stay here until I tell you. Now, maybe this is a season of singleness and you just want that ring, baby. All right. Maybe that's you. You're like, come on with it. Maybe you're at a job and you're like, you know, uh, this wasn't my first pick. Not my optimal pay level. I feel like I'm not using my gift, but God said, stay here until I tell you. Maybe it's children. Maybe you'd hope to have a few children by now, but you haven't. God may say, stay here until I tell you. And you might hate this season. You may despise this season. But I wanted to tell you today, did you know that season is for your protection? Did you realize it was for for your protection? Because you may have thought, God's mad at me. He's fired up at me. What did I do wrong? Could Could you give me a clue? You may feel like he's kicked you out, exiled, or put you in timeout. But I wanted to tell you, the season you're in is actually for your protection. I want to talk to you about the why and the when. Because if we look at what Joseph knows, God gave him the why, but he didn't give him the when. Do you ever wish God gave you more details? 
Put your hand up if you wish God would give you a little more details. Now, there you go. Pretty much all of us wish that. I'm the same exact way. You're like, God, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going what's to go down. Can you tell me a little more? You, 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 know, you, you said why I'm going, but you didn't give me the win. You told me the why, not the win. And I wanted to tell you, God will tell you the why, but he might not tell you the win. And you're maybe thinking, God hasn't told me the why. God hasn't told me why I'm in this season. God hasn't told me why I'm single or why I'm in this job or why so-and-so's on that deployment. I don't know why, but I can't tell you, you do. You just haven't noticed it. Romans 8.28 says this, because God told you why, even if you don't realize it. God says, and we know, Paul wrote this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good. Somebody say, for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. That's the why. Whatever season you find yourself in, you can sit back, you can relax and know, even though you don't understand it, even though you don't know why you've been sent to Egypt when you don't want to be there, that God is working something together for your good and for his glory. And that should give you so much peace. You don't need to know all the details. You don't need to know all the details. We don't know the win because the why is more important than the win. If you honest to God know in the bottom of your heart, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you, that he, 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 that you're his child, that he has a plan for you, that he's making all this work together for your good and his glory, you can relax. You can chill out. You can quit being so stressed. You don't have to know the when. You can quit asking him, God, give me a sign, when this, when that. He'll let you know because you know he loves you. You know he has a plan. It doesn't matter when if you have a strong why. If you have a strong mind, each of us have a strong why. Some of us are so focused on the when, we miss the why. Because why tells us God's character, and when tells us God's in control. I think one of the reasons God doesn't tell us the when is because it might tempt us to think we were in control, that we were the boss. If God said, you're going to get a raise in two months no matter what, you would just goof off. You probably already are, but you'd be on Instagram all day, right? You'd just be chilling. You would have this illusion that you were in control. You wouldn't look to him. You wouldn't rely on him if we knew the win. We don't get the win. We get the why. Turn with me to 14. So Joseph got up. I love that. God said, get up. What did he do? He got up. I love that. It's that simple. Get up. All right, he got up. All right. He took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. I wanted to tell you that obedience calls for immediacy. I want to talk to you about immediate obedience. Somebody say immediate obedience. It's kind of a tongue twister. It really is. This sermon is going to be tough. Can I challenge you a little today? I want to push you a little bit today. Maybe a little, maybe a lot. I'm not quite sure. Because sometimes we want something soft and, and cushy and easy. But I want to challenge you. I'm in a weird position because I need to push you spiritually. I'm like your spiritual personal trainer. Does anyone lift? Anyone lock down some gains? Okay, a few of you guys. Anyone have a personal trainer? Yep. Is, is anyone a personal trainer? We got a few people. Craig, Jersey over here. Okay. Imagine if you had a personal trainer and you said, I need a good sweat. And you got to the gym, you walked in, and instead of a workout, he handed you a dozen Krispy Kremes. Now, y'all are cheering. You might like that. But would that help you achieve your goals? No. <laughs> Depends what your goals are, I suppose. 
That's what I don't want today to be. We have donuts out there. You can have as many as you'd like, all right, donuts and coffee. But today I want to challenge you. I want to give you a workout, not just donuts, even though they are delicious. Joseph had to get up during the night with a baby. Have you ever tried to wake a toddler? Have you ever packed for a toddler? Mama has a bag, daddy has a bag, toddler has six bags. Joseph, middle of the night, is told, hey, get up. Someone's going to try to kill him. Go. I got to pack. I got to wake up the family. And I'm not loading everyone in the Kia Sorento. I'm putting them on a mule and heading south. That's what he called him to do. And that's what he did. What act of obedience has God called you to do that you hit the snooze on? What if Joseph would have been like, I need some sleep, man. It's been a long day. You know you hit the snooze. You know you look at your iPhone alarms, and it's like 701, 702, 706. All the, just reminders, reminders, reminders. But no, he got up. If he had waited till morning, Jesus might not have grown up. If he had waited, we might have missed the miracle of his life, of his teaching, of the salvation Jesus achieved for me and for you. I wanted to tell you, let's be obedient. Don't miss the miracle. Don't miss the miracle. God might have told you to do something. And if you delay, if you drag your feet, if you don't do it, who knows what you'll be missing out on? Who knows what God wants to do in this city, in your family, to leave a legacy, but you've hit the snooze. I love Joseph's faith. He doesn't even ask any questions. He just gets up. He didn't want to miss the miracle. I wanted to tell you, you don't need permission to be obedient. When it comes to giving, you don't have to have a dream or this moment or get called out or have a tragedy to say, you know what? Scripture says we should give to the poor, to the church, help the community. Let's do it. You don't need permission to start serving and say, you know what? God gave me these gifts. I need to use them. You know what? God's given me a platform, maybe on social media, maybe at work, maybe in the neighborhood, maybe at school. I don't know, but he's given me a platform. What if I use that for for his glory? What if you did that? What if you, what if you did that? You don't need permission to have a daily quiet time. You don't have to wait till your life falls apart for you to say, I need to prioritize this. Maybe there's something you need to surrender. I keep seeing this theme, this trend of people saying, I'm in the social circle. It's dragging me down. I got to step away. You don't need permission to be obedient. If you know what his will is, just hop on it. Just do it. You see, God knew about it, but he told Joseph in the middle of the night. Isn't that peculiar? I'd have been like, couldn't you have given me a week? Sometimes God just springs things on us. Y'all know the Band-Aid method? God will do the Band-Aid method. See, if you have hairy arms like mine, you can't go slow. You just got to rip it off. Sometimes God will do the exact same thing. He'll just say, just rip it off. Because I think the more time we have to deliberate something, am I really going to give? Am I really going to serve the homeless? Are we really going to go to church? The longer we have to talk ourselves out of it. The more we have to opportunities to rationalize. Was that really a dream from God or was that indigestion? Like, what do you really say? That doesn't make any sense. You talk to a few friends, now nah, I'm crazy. But no, he had to get up. He had to get up. We talked about immediate obedience. I want to talk to you about interrupting obedience sacrificing our dreams. A lot of us treat faith like this. And if this is how you view it, I'm not mad at you. A lot of us start here, but it can't stay here. A lot of us have this agenda, this list. And you say, God, I want, here's what I want. He's like Santa Claus. We say, I want a healthy family. 
I want to be challenged in my career. Uh, I, want my, I want a big family. I want to live in the school district we want to live in. I want the, the car, the house. Thank you. And in return, I'll be a good boy. I'll be a good little girl. I'll go to church. I won't lose it on the kids. I'll be a nice person. That's what we say. But when we say these things, we make these things the ultimate things. We make them the ultimate things. We tend to think of Christianity, of Jesus helping me with my agenda, my goals, what I need. And that's how we see him as a means to an end. But I wanted to tell you the Almighty is never a means to an end. He's an end in himself. And these things I just mentioned, he wants you to have those things. He wants you to have a great marriage and to to, to love on your kids and to have a good career. I'm not saying not, but it's all in the order. If they are more important to you than a relationship with him, things get sticky. Look how many plans and dreams Joseph had to sacrifice for this to happen. Could you imagine this dude? He's just a carpenter. He's a handyman. He's a blue collar kind of guy. He's a hard worker. He meets a girl. He buys a ring. He gets on his knee and says, will you be my girl? It's biblical. Look it up. That's what he said. It's not in the Bible. I'm kidding. You're like, is it really in there? No, he proposed to Mary. Okay, they're engaged. Pretty cool. She comes to him and she says, I'm pregnant. And they hadn't slept together. And he says, well, whose is it? And she says, It's God's. Joseph is like, great, now she's crazy. She's pregnant and she's crazy. What am I going to do? And then to make matters worse, a dream in the middle of the night says, hey, get up. Um, I know you want to go north back home, but I need you to go south. To a place where you have no contacts, you know nobody, you have no work partners. You don't even speak the language, but I need you to go there. So many dreams Joseph just blew up. He laid them at the foot of the cross. What if Joseph had have said, you know what? I've earned a good life. I'm a hardworking guy. I'm a pretty good dude. Like, God, can you just wait a little bit? Could you imagine what we would have missed out on? It seems like Joseph just wanted a nice little life, but God showed up. Don't miss this. If it wasn't for Joseph's leadership and protection and presence, Jesus would have never made it past diapers. No ministry. No life, no death. Some of you have been inconvenienced this week, this year, this Christmas season. But I want to ask you this. What is God trying to do through the inconveniences of your life? Could they be an answer to someone else's prayer? What's he trying to do through them? Let's look at it differently. When you are inconvenienced, rather than cuss, rather than vent on Facebook, rather than lose your mind, say, what could God possibly be trying to do through this inconvenience? Turn to your neighbor, tell him he's up to something. You didn't say it. Turn to your other neighbor, your second pick. Tell him he's up to something. He's up to something. He's up to something. He's up to something. If you believe that in your heart of hearts, that nothing is an accident, you'll never be frustrated again at traffic. You'll say, maybe if I had made it home 10 minutes early, something terrible would have happened. Would have gotten an accident or would have gotten a major fight. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't be so upset about you were stationed here and you want to be stationed there. You wouldn't be so upset that that boy hasn't texted you back because that boy's a clown anyway. All right. He's a clown. I came to tell you he's a clown. Someone's excited about the clown boy. Okay. He's a clown. He's a clown. God has a plan. God interrupts our dreams with new dreams, with better dreams, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Being a Christian is often sacrificing our dreams, laying them at the foot of the cross. And if we value our dreams over God's dreams, we'll become bitter if it doesn't work out. If you value being a mom above all else, and that's not God's plan, what happens? 
If you value having five kids, two kids, however many kids, if you value that above all else and that doesn't happen, what does that mean? If you value that raise, that promotion above all else, and it, someone else gets it, what does that happen? You probably turn from God. You could leave the church. You might never come back. But God might interrupt your dream with a new dream. He might interrupt your life. I'd say it's an indication of how you know your faith is authentic. He might blow up in the middle of the night or in the morning or on the way home. And you might say, you want me to serve how? You want me to give what to the Christmas offering? What? You want me to invite who to church? Really? That's a sign it's authentic. In order for the world to be blessed, in order for Christmas to persist, there had to be great sacrifice of dreams. And I wanted you to see this. This is the hardest point of the day, but I hope it sits with someone. I hope God uses it to challenge you because we often push our obedience only to the point of our inconvenience. Here's what I mean. We push our obedience only to the point of our inconvenience, meaning this. We essentially say, I'll obey as long as I have time. I'll obey as long as it fits into my schedule. I'll obey God, but God, I got a lot of stuff going on. I think so many of us are missing God's best for our lives, our families, even what he wants to do in the city, because we say, I'll serve you if. There can be no obedience with the if. You can't say, you're the king of kings, you're the Lord of lords, I'll serve you if. It doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. And so many of us do it. I'm included. Yo, I want us to be a church that pushes our obedience past convenience. Look at Joseph. He went to Egypt, new language, different people, middle of the night, no goodbyes. That's the kind of church I want to be. That's the kind of church that changes the world. Let's talk about convenience. When it comes to serving God, do we commit as long as it's convenient? Do we say, hey, God, I'd love to talk with you. I got some time Thursday, 2 to 2.15. Can I fit you in? Can I pencil you in there? Or do you take your life, your dreams, your aspirations, your family, your goals, and lay them at the foot of the cross and say, command me? That's the only way to do it. I'm about to make someone mad. Can I make you mad? It's like we're in the training session and you thought you were done. And then I'm like 25 more squats. Okay. You're like, I thought we were done. But I want to ask you, do we go to church only when it's convenient? Well, we don't have cheer this week. It's not 75. I don't want to pick up any overtime. Uh, friends aren't in town. We brunched so hard yesterday. I'm good. Let's go to church. Feel good about it. Do we give only as if, as, you know, we've spent our money on everything else. We got the car we want, the house we want. You know, we bought all this stuff. Yeah, we got some leftover. Why don't we give some to the church? Why don't we give some to the homeless? Why don't we give some to the poor? You see, we're trying to fit the Almighty into our agenda into our schedule. This is the toughest one. Do we love on people as long as it serves my agenda? Do I love on people only if they're easy to love? Do I love on people only if I can get something out of them in return? Maybe a promotion or maybe just a good feeling. Is that the only reason I'm loving people? Y'all, this is tough, but I wanted to tell you an infinite being will not fit easily into your life. The Almighty will not fit easily into our agendas. We must lay them at the foot of the cross and say, command me. It's the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. Is I want to ask you, though, is he fitting neatly into your life? If he is, if he hasn't inconvenienced you lately, it may not be authentic. That's a heavy realization. That's a heavy realization. If he hasn't called you to throw down any dreams, we got to take a long, hard look at our faith. Do we follow Christ 
or convenience. Pin could drop. This is tough, guys. I said it was going to be a hard, a hard workout. And I'm preaching to myself as well. I'm not looking down at anyone. I'm saying these are the same thoughts I have, the same struggles I have. We're all in the same boat. 15. They went to Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I have called my son. I want to ask you, why are you so stressed out? Why are you so worried? Why are you losing sleep? God will tell you when it's time to move on. I said he will tell you when the season's done and it's time to move on. You can rest. You can relax. You can sleep. You can take a deep breath. Some of y'all need to do it right now. You need to take a deep breath. Do you trust him with your time? Do you trust him with your wind? He is so good. He's got such a better perspective than we do. Y'all can sleep. And you could know in the middle of the night, he might wake you up and say, hey, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. Note if Joseph wasn't nervous. He wasn't like, is it time yet? Are we doing okay? He said, no, he was asleep. He could rest. He had peace knowing that God is so good. He was there to protect him. I want us to be the same way. Verse 16. When Herod realized Herod was the king, not a good dude. When he realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, that's the wise men, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time they had learned from the Magi. I wanted you to know God has saved you from some stuff you don't even know about. God has rescued you from some things, your faith from some things, your marriage from some things, your children from some things you don't even know about. Because sometimes God allows us to go through something bad to prevent us from something much, much worse. They didn't want to go to Egypt. They didn't want to go to Egypt, but the alternative was death. Egypt sounds pretty good now. I'll take Egypt. But some of us don't know the options. We have no idea. And we're in a situation. We say, I don't like this job. I don't like this relationship. I don't like this situation. I don't like this sickness. I don't like this this thing that's going through. If you could see what God was preventing you from, what he was saving you from, I guarantee you, you would be down on your hands and knees thanking him. But often we just don't get to see. We don't get to see. Joseph wanted to go north. God said, you got to go south. Joseph wanted this cozy little life. God said, I got other plans. That boy who dumped you, you would have been miserable anyway. All that stuff, all that stuff you, you spent worried about, that, that flat tire you got, you relate to that thing. You shouldn't have been on time in the first place. That failed job interview, that deployment, the choice was this. Do I want to be uncomfortable or do I want to be dead and buried? Sometimes God makes it for us and he makes all things work together for our good. Let's close verse 17. Then what was said to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This is a whole different sermon, but what you need to know is this. This all happened as a fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy. This fulfilled a promise, a prophecy. What you perceive as problems are actually part of the plan. Scripture says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He doesn't just write a story and forget the ending. No, he begins with the end in mind. He knows exactly where he wants to lead you. And every little chapter is getting us to where he wants us to go. Riddled with inconveniences. Inconveniences navigated the birth of the son of God. 
Inconveniences achieved his protection. Inconveniences kept him safe. Inconveniences positioned him to teach, grow, lead, and die for your sins for the salvations of the world. Look what God did through Joseph's inconveniences. What is he going to do through yours? Those things that happened this morning that you were mad about, what could he have possibly done through those inconveniences? Those that you're going to face tomorrow, those that are waiting in your inbox for you Monday morning, what could he possibly do through those? Can I ask you something? Was there anything convenient about the cross? Jesus is the incarnate son of God. He came here to this earth to live the perfect life. And you know, he died a perfect death. He was in heaven with God. Everything was perfect. He was with his father. He left that comfort. He left that love. He came down to earth to be born in a food trough where animals live. He loved people. He taught people. He, he did his thing. At the end of his life, he was arrested. He was whipped. He had thorns placed on his head. He was poked. He was mocked. He was prodded. But you need to see there was nothing convenient about the cross, but it was necessary to achieve our salvation. God does a whole lot through inconvenient things, through things that don't seem to make any sense. The cross is the ultimate example. I want you to look at inconveniences a little differently this week. They're necessary. They're necessary. May we be a church that embraces interruption. May we be a people that embraces inconvenience because we know he loves us. We know he has a plan. We know he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. May we be a people willing to sacrifice our dreams so that his will may be carried out. May we be a people, just like Joseph, not making excuses, but eager to lay down our dreams at the foot of the cross, knowing that God's will is greater and his plan is better so that the whole world may be blessed. Are you ready for that today? Are you ready for that this Christmas? Let us pray. Father God, we see that Christmas never would have happened if it wasn't for inconveniences. If it wasn't for interruptions, God, I speak for this church. When I say, we don't want to miss the miracle. We don't want to miss the miracle. We don't want to be so busy that we miss the miracle. We don't want to hit snooze and we end up missing the miracle. We don't want to make excuses, pushing off our obedience because God, we don't want to miss the miracle. We believe you want to do more in our hearts. We believe we want you to, sorry, we believe you want to draw us closer. We believe you want more for this city, for the people of this city. Father God, help us not miss the miracle. I thank you, God, for the faith of Joseph. He's one of the only reasons we have Jesus, because of his faith, because of his immediacy, because he allowed his dreams to be dashed in order for something much better to happen. God, may we be that kind of church. May we be that kind of people. God, this Christmas, in the midst of the chaos and the wild times, may we be able to say, look, God, I don't know why you put me in this season. I don't know why you had me going through X, Y, and Z, but I know it's for my good and I know it's for your glory. God, give us a different perspective on life, on hiccups, on inconveniences, God. And may we know that you love us. God, may we know that you're here and that you promise to never leave us or forsake us. And above all else, God, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. In your son's name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757. 
If you would like to give to further our mission to impact the city and beyond, you can do so at our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope to see you soon.